tonight here at Ground Zero Ministries, we're going to be talking about worship. And I think that worship is one of the most important pieces to our walk with Christ. It's not like any other thing that we have really known up to this point, because worship is not listening to music. If you listen to worship music the way you would listen to other music, and the lyric or the chorus just goes over and over and over again, you're going to get real bored real quick because you're not completely understanding the principle of worship. Now I'm going to rewind my story so that you can hear my process with this. You know, I started coming to the church and they would be playing worship music. And I thought it was the worst music known to man. I hated it. Absolutely hated it. I'm like, why would you play this type of music? Can't you play something better than this? It got to the point that I hated it so much that I just came to church after worship was done playing so I could just listen to them talk. And I would hear the sermon and I'm like, all right, that was pretty decent. And I would go home. <clears throat> and it got to the point where I skipped all Christian music because Christian music sucked. Because I did not understand worship on any level. You know, someone invited me to a Christian festival, Kingdom Bound. It's at Darien Lake that happens every summer. You know, there was a lot of hardcore bands and, and other heavy metal bands. And I'm like, yeah, that's what they should be playing at church. At least people would like to listen to that stuff. But at some point in the evening, those bands are done playing. And you head over to the main stages where all the good Christian, you know, radio artists are up. And I would sit there and I sat there in my chair with my hands over my ears and basically my head between my legs thinking that this is the most god-awful music on the planet. Why would people be here to listen to this? Someone came over to me and put his hand on my back and started praying for me. At the end of his prayer, he hugged me and I walked to the side of the aisle. And I didn't know what they were singing, but my hands went up in the air and I started praying. And I started singing the words that I hated just a moment ago. There is such power in worship that the enemy does not want you to do it. That when you come in here and you sit here and you get uncomfortable, you talk to the person that's next to you. You know, you get uncomfortable, you go out for a cigarette. You get uncomfortable, you get up for coffee. You get uncomfortable, you get out your phone. And I've done all those things. Because God wants us to get uncomfortable because he puts us in a place where we need him. I don't like being uncomfortable. I've just gotten used to it. You know, that there's times when God specifically wants to move in an atmosphere of worship that he doesn't normally move in any other aspect of a church service. You know, and when I was a, a baby Christian, I only thought that the Holy Spirit was at church. So I thought that the only time that I could have that type of experience was on Sunday. You know, and I still worked at the tattoo shop and I would like listen into my music and the Holy Spirit told me, garbage in, garbage out. The music that I was listening to 
was angry, suicidal, talked about women inappropriately, talked about drugs all the time, that the, the message of the music typically probably 80% or more was a negative message. And I wonder why I'm struggling with suicide and depression and anger. Because what I'm putting in my ear gate is suicidal anger and depression. And at that moment, I boxed up all my CDs and I threw them out. And that was scary to me. Because at that point in my life, Christian music was the worst music on the planet. I'm not lying. Like, I could not fathom listening to Christian music for the rest of my life. But I knew that if I was going to change my mindset, I had to stop listening to the music that I listened to. Now, that's your choice. That was my choice. There's nobody that could have forced me to do it. There's nobody that could have twisted my arm to do it. There's nobody that could have manipulated me to do it. This was a moment in time that I had with the Holy Spirit, and he began to show me that it was important what I was listening to. You know, and at that point, I had the realization that I had all this extra money now that I'm not using cocaine. And I started going to FYE. That's before, you know, you could get all the things on your phone. And I started going to FYE, and I was literally buying an eight ball worth of Christian music every week. Because that was my standard. Now, granted, I was probably doing an eight ball every night, but this is the limit that I gave myself. So every week I would go to buy 10 to 12 different CDs and I would buy them. And I'm like, people would, I'd ask people for suggestions and I would go and I would get them and I would pick out all these different CDs and I would go and I would begin to listen to them. And some of them went right in the garbage. I'm not even going to lie. Some of those I still have today. Some of those are the foundation of me seeking out music to listen to. Because music to me was a very important piece to my life and it still is. What I've come to know is that whatever genre the world throws at us, there is a Christian genre that matches it and there's music that's equivalent out there. You just have to search for it just like we got to search for Jesus. You know, the Christian radio stations in this area are horrible and that's my opinion. And you can take it. If you listen to it, that's on you. That's between you and Jesus. I'm glad for you. Happy. Encouraging K-Love's good job. I can't listen to that type of music. It drives me insane still to this day. Now, I've learned through the years that we worship to some of that stuff at church. But when it's live and we're singing it and it's not produced, there's a different atmosphere that takes place. And I don't have anything wrong with the lyrics in a lot of those songs. It's just the music in itself because it's mastered and produced. And it's a genre that I don't really care for, that I can't listen to it and get the same experience when it's live. So a lot of the music that we're going to be listening to and a lot of music you have been listening to is all live music. Because that, to me, is where the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit moves the most. Now, he can do whatever he wants. I'm not trying to put limits on what he can do. But for me, I have experienced him move much more powerful in live atmosphere moments than I ever have listening to radio or listening to a CD that's mastered. And it could be the same band. I could go watch the guy sing on stage, and all of a sudden it's like God's moving, I'm crying, and I buy the CD, and I get home, and I'm like, this thing's trash, and I throw in the garbage. For me, it's me. I know it's me, and I'm not trying to put this on any of you, 
live music for me helps me to step into his presence easier. Now, you have to figure that stuff out. And that's something that we're going to be trying to do here, that we're going to be talking about prayer. We're going to be talking about the word. And we're going to be talking about worship on a regular basis because it, it's my job to teach you the fundamental basics of how you build a relationship with Christ. And for me, those things weren't really taught to me in the beginning. I had to like stumble into some of these things, you know, and for me, how I learned to pray was listening to Jason Upton. I'd put his CD on and I'd be like, Ooh, that's good. And I would pray what he was singing. And that's how I learned to pray because there is no real prayer one-on-one class, you know, and everybody tells us that we need to pray and we ought to pray. And it's important that we pray, but we don't really just know how to pray, you know, so for me, listening to music was one of those things that helped me learn how to pray. <clears throat> you know, and as we went, as I walked through the years, you know, I started to go out and, and see different bands live, go to different festivals, you know, and have real encounters with the Lord in those corporate settings. You know, and that's something that I, I was looking to earlier this year. And uh, Jason Upton was in, in uh, New Hampshire, but it was like too short of a time to try to organize a trip because it's like seven hours away. And we've done it before, and we'll probably do it again. You know, if any of these types of bands come anywhere close to us, we're going to try to set up a field trip and say, hey, we're going to go do this. Because there's something about getting in the atmosphere of worship that changes your concept of the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, because I'm a living testimony of somebody that was cast down in the system that I was, you know, mentally disabled, you know, collected SSDI for years that people wrote me off that I was going to be the worst of the worst. And and I had case managers that were afraid to come to my house, that they would tell the workers that they were going to my house because if I didn't show back up, that they knew where to look for those people. I was a scary individual back in the day. I was very angry. I had piercings coming up everywhere, you know, and I was extremely depressed and suicidal. And my story is that years in the system got me worse. Within months of truly being saved and walking with Jesus, my mental health and my life radically transformed in such a powerful way that I'm still here today telling you about the power of Jesus because I was hopeless until Christ showed up. So one moment in his presence, one moment as you're singing these words and the tears start rolling down your face. And I know most of us hate crying, but that's part of this process is that those tears that we push down for many, many years start coming out. And the Holy Spirit gets in there and starts unlocking some things. And he starts healing areas of your heart and areas of your mind that you don't even realize anymore that you need to be healed because you pushed it so far down for so long. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's like, here, give me that. And you start crying tears. Some are joy. Some are painful. Some are, you know, sad. Some are grieving. And some are like, oh, my God, this is amazing. You know, and I cried so much in the in the beginning that I would get so pissed off at him. And I'm like, all right, I'm done with this crying nonsense. I'm a big, tough guy. No more crying. 
And then all of a sudden I stopped crying. And weeks went by and there was no tears. And I cried every day. And I repented and I said, I'm sorry. And I've been crying every day ever since. You know, that there's a, a term that got coined many, many years ago that you're going to get the Thomas. So if you haven't cried or you, you hate crying and you haven't cried in a while, just keep sticking around. Your, your face will start leaking at some point. Thank you, Jesus. I've come to, to realize that tears are part of my story. You know, I, I've learned to, to pray through it, worship through it, preach through it, that the tears are coming. You know, and that to me is when the Holy Spirit starts moving. You know, and I just know that he's here. I instantly start tearing up, you know, because his presence is so amazing, you know, and and I probably still have a a ton of stuff that needs to get healed as well. Like I'm still in my journey, you know, figuring this stuff out, you know, you know, and my opening scripture is the scripture that Chris all read earlier, you know, which is that we shout for joy to the Lord and all the earth. We worship the Lord with gladness. We come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God, and it is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, sheep in his pasture. We enter the gate with thanksgiving, the courts with praise, and give thanks to him and praise to his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Most of us in here don't believe that, and that's okay. Because if you would have told me all this happy stuff when I first got here, I wouldn't have believed it either. The where I am in my natural life and where the Bible wants to bring me are two different places. I did not know how to be joyful. I was so depressed. I didn't know how to be hopeful. I was so depressed. I didn't know how to do any of these things when I first got here because my mind was such a mess. And my life had been such a train wreck. You know, so the goal, the bullseye, is that we learn how to be thankful when everything around us is going crazy. And that's hard to do. You know, because we struggle when things aren't going in the right manner. You know, and I get critical and I, I start to look at things and I start to blame, like, who stole the remote, who hid the remote, who took the remote. You know, like, anytime you can't find the remote, even if I'm living by myself, it's somebody else's fault. And that's just a minor problem, right? And when other things start to go wrong, you know, I look to blame. But that's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to look at him. He wants us to be thankful. He wants us to praise him. He wants us to find joy in it. You know, many of you that have been around here, you know, you hear the coined phrase, you know, and it's because we're we're trying to rejoice in our suffering. You know, and I don't know how to do that. I had to learn how to do that. You know, and it's through constantly going through difficult things and choosing to do it Jesus's way, choosing to to choose his word, choosing to to put on worship music rather than run away or or put on the angry music because I'm mad. You know, when I'm in certain moods, I know certain lyrics or certain songs or certain artists that I want to listen to because it just amplifies that mood that I'm in. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know, but I have to change that mindset. You know, I have to say, all right, Jesus, I'm going to do it your way. I don't like it. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't agree with it. But yet, I know my way doesn't work. 
you know, worshiping for me was very foreign. You know, I go to a hardcore show, I go to a metal show, get into a mosh pit, swing my arms, punch somebody in the face. That was amazing. You know, lifting my hands in front of a bunch of people, singing lyrics that don't make any sense to me was completely out of my comfort zone. You know, but now God has made me into a worshiper. You know, but it, it was something I had to learn to do. It had, had to be something that got me out of my comfort zone. You know, I remember being in church after that time that I was at that festival and I'm, and I'm in church and I'm like, I know all these people. I can't do this. So then I was like, I put my hands on the chair and I just kind of like, I'd whisper the words. And then it was like, all right, no one can hear me, so I'll, I'll sing a little bit, but I'm definitely not raising my hands. Mm-hmm. And then a really good song would come on, the Holy Spirit would start moving, and I'd like put my one hand up like this. <laughs> and then I'm like looking around to make sure no one's paying attention. You know, and then, and then it got to the point that I didn't care anymore. You know, and I showed up in, in 2006 and God really started wrecking me. And back then at, at Redeemer slash Mount Zion, like all the holy of holies and elders and pastors are all up at the front, you know, raising their hands, dancing around, this, that, and the other thing. And then I'm up there with my flame shirts and all my earrings and my shorts on in a church where you're only supposed to wear a shirt and tie. And I got people staring at me and I'm like crying and my eye, you know, my hands are up and I'm singing and like, God's wrecking me. I really did not care. You know, and there was something that God gave me way back then. It's that I can't allow someone else's religious judgments against me or even my religious judgments against them get in the way of the thing that's going to save my life, and that's Jesus Christ. And at that point, I stopped caring who was looking at me when I was worshiping. But my hands will go up. You know, I've been known to dance around. You know, I've been to festivals, and I'm the guy that's spinning around. Like, you're like, what is going on with this guy? I'm that guy. Why? Because in the presence of God, he wants to set us free to have liberty that we do not care what's going on around us. You know, and Jason Upton, there's certain songs that when he's played them live, I'm skipping and dancing and doing all sorts of crazy things. You know, and I'm so grateful today. For men of God that have put their lives out there, that have worshipped in ways that have ushered in the presence of God. You know, some of you have had experiences listening to Jason, whether it's in your car, in your home, or, or even live. And he's a special man. You know, God has definitely anointed him to be a worship leader, and he's played all over the world. And, you know, God has done some amazing things with him. <clears throat> you know, but the three bands that I, I talked to you tonight are three bands that I've listened to throughout the years. And every time I listen to one of those CDs, you know, tears start flowing, God starts moving, you know, in powerful ways. You know, so I, I hope that you would take my suggestion and try to listen to some of that stuff. <clears throat> you know, Second Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we live in this world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. On the contrary, they are divine in power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments of every presentation that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient in Christ. 
Worship is one of the greatest ways that we can wage war in what's going on in our lives. Whether it's our family's life, whether it's our kid's life, whether it's our parents' life, whether it's our mental health, whether it's our physical health. When I start to worship, I am saying, God, I'm putting your divine presentation above what the world is trying to tell me. I am beginning to believe that there is something going on in the spirit that I may not be able to see it. Sometimes I can feel it, good and bad, but I am choosing to war because my weapons are not carnal. I just can't go around punching people in the face or hitting them with a sword. Like, that's not going to get me real far. However, I can begin to pray and to worship in the spirit, and I can pray for things to start moving in ways that don't make any sense. You know, you know, I was deemed critically depressed, chronically depressed, mood disorders, that there was no hope for me. And then starting to worship, starting to read his word, starting to pray, things started to break off my mind. Where there was a voice of hopelessness that rang through my ears on a regular basis. I remember one morning I'm standing in front of the tattoo shop because I still work there and I heard the little voice that life's not bad, isn't it? And I like, I did a double take, like who said that? Because I was so unfamiliar with something positive being spoken into my ear that when I heard it, it shocked me. It was always gloom and doom. Life sucks. This sucks. You suck. I suck. Everything's going to suck and it's going to be sucky as we do it. And all of a sudden, I hear this little voice say, life's not bad. And I'm like, okay, i got to go inside. It made me uncomfortable hearing good things. I was so used to hearing negative things. But there's something about when we begin to pray, we begin to pray his word, we begin to worship his words, but all of a sudden we begin to recognize his word when he's speaking it to us. Now, I was having a discussion with a friend the other day, and he was talking about he wakes up with a song in his head every morning. And I normally do, too. My brain is worshiping before I get up. My spirit is worshiping because he, it knows where it needs to go. You know, and when I'm listening to the wrong music, that's what's going through my head, too. You know, it's important that we... We realize that worship is one of our greatest weapons of warfare. It does not matter what's going on in our lives. If we can get to a certain song, certain CDs, and we put this on, and we put it on repeat, and we just start praying it, and we start worshiping it, and we start singing it, and we get our hands in the air, and we start dancing around, the enemy's like, I've done everything I can to make this person's life horrible, and they're praising him still. There's nothing greater that we can do to show the enemy that he can't control us, he can't intimidate us, he can't bring hopelessness, he can't bring doubt, he can't bring discouragement, because we're putting our faith in the one who has the power. And worship is one of the greatest ways that we can do that. Because it's an outward expression, my spirit is connecting with the Father, and it's saying, I'm going to trust you through this storm. I would have to say it's one of the greatest things that he has shown me through the years to get through many, many a trial. 
There's many a times I've walked out of the house with the earbuds in and the old Walkman when you had CDs on your hip, you know, and I'm putting this music in, I'm walking out the door and I'm pissed off at the world and I'm angry. And I'm, by the time I get back, I'm crying. My mood's completely different. I'm like, all right, Jesus, here we go. Worship doesn't necessarily change what's going on around me. It changes what's going on in me. You know, and it's a very important piece that we learn how to war in the spirit using worship. Now, these are three artists that I use. If it's not your flavor, that's completely fine. Go find your flavor. I got lots of different flavors. I can give you lots of different music. Any genre you can think of, I probably got somebody. Here, check this guy out. Here, check this band out. Here, check this chick out. You know why? Because I've searched it out. Because I can't listen to the same thing all the time because I get bored. You know, so you want rap, you want hip hop, you want hardcore, you want metal, you want bluegrass, you want gospel, you want, you know, you let me know what you want, I'll find it if I don't have it already. You know, because why? Music is important for me. Why did the enemy use it so much? Because it influences us. You know, but we're made to worship something. You know, and we've worshipped a lot of different things. If you think about some of us that are sports fans, I'm a sports fan. Anytime that something goes good for my sport team, where my hands go? Up. Where's my body go? Up. What do I do? Yell, scream, shout. It's naturally inside of me to worship. I would believe it's naturally inside of all of us because we are made to worship. You know, Isaiah 29, 13 says, The Lord says, These people come near me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based merely on human rules that they have been taught. Now, this is written in the Old Testament. You know, they're going through the motions of giving their sacrifices at the altar, and they're doing their prayers, and they're going through the motions. You know, Isaiah's calling them out that your heart is far from me, even though you're going through the motions of your religious rules. That still happens today. You know, and sometimes I don't even realize it. You know, that I can get so programmed in doing the Christian thing that this is how I play church, that I lose Jesus. You know, this is still true today. I've struggled with this too. And there's times like, how did I get so far away from, and I got to reset myself. I got to get out of the, the comfort zone and going through the motions of going to church. And this is how I do it. And I, you know, I, I read a couple verses a day. I read a chapter a day and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I don't even remember what I read. And I say my prayers that I normally say, you know, and this is how I do my Christianity. And I'm bored out of my mind. Real Christianity isn't boring. It's going to stretch you farther than you can tolerate. And you're going to have to rely on him because it's going to feel like you're going to break any second. And he's like, I got you. Trust me. And you're like, you're going to kill me. I'm like, that, that's all right. You'll go out on a good note. You know that every one of us has to put ourselves back before Jesus and say, Jesus, break off the calluses. Help me to stop just going through the motions. Help me just doing the, the plain old Christianity thing. I want to follow you. 
I want to be on fire for you. I want to be consumed with your all-consuming fire. I don't want to just go through the motions because I hate going through the motions. But yet we default and go into the motions. You know, and the enemy's happy when we just go through the motions because we, we're not moving in any power, authority, dominion. We're not moving. We're not affecting. We're not making any sort of difference outside of just going to church. He's like, all right, I might have lost your soul, but you're not winning anymore. That worked for me. I don't want to settle there. I want to make a difference. I want to be a burning fire. I want to bring my presence or God's presence into certain situations when I go into certain situations. That I can walk into a place and God is there with me. Not because I'm super special. Not because it, you know I have a special anointing. I have Jesus. It's the same Jesus every one of us in here has. The same power that rose Christ from the grave dwells within you. I'm not super special. I don't think. I believe that God's called me for a specific reason. But the same thing that's available to me is the same thing that's available to everybody in this room. And we got to stop believing there's hierarchies in Christianity. That it's more surrendering. I want to get lower. I want to serve. I want to. I want to get on the bottom, not on the top. You know, I want to be where Jesus was, in the streets, ministering to people. And that's not what always Christianity tells us. Christianity tells me I need a gold helicopter. And that's when I've made it. Can you imagine? I, I just it's like, I got me three jets. I can fly anywhere in the world. I can't feed the person outside. Anyway, <clears throat> John 4, 19 through 26. The woman is talking to Jesus. She says, sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Because you just got telling her everything that she was doing. I encourage you to read John 4 if you're, you're not familiar with what I'm talking about. The great little story. <clears throat> Our ancestors worshipped on the mountain, but you Jews claim that the only place that you must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, <clears throat> believe me, the time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on the mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. <clears throat> we worship what we do not for the salvation of the Jews. Yet the time is coming and has now have come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And they are kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God's spirit, the worshiper, must worship the spirit and the truth. The woman said, I know that the Messiah called the Christ is coming. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And then Jesus declared, I am the one speaking to you. I am he. That certain churches will tell us that we can only do it the way they're telling us to do it. And I think that some pastors and some churches, you know, are doing a great job. I'm not up here. I'm not saying I'm doing it any better. We're not doing any better than anybody else. You know, that's not the point. The point is that I can worship at home the same way I can here. I can worship in my car the same way I can on Sunday. That I don't need a place. I don't need a band. I don't need... I can worship without any music. I can start singing the song. And God can start to move. That the idea that it can only happen in a certain place in a certain way has to break off of our mind. 
That's the point I'm trying to make. Because wherever we go, we can be walking down South Street. We can be walking. We can be working in Walmart. We could be working in the worst place in this city. And we start humming a tune. And the Holy Spirit is like, I know that tune. Let me hang out with you. And we have to realize that I can enter into his presence anywhere. And like I said earlier, I thought that I could only worship Jesus at church. So there's many a times when I was going through something difficult, I drove to the church. Because I didn't understand that he was everywhere. I didn't have an experience yet with him showing up in my apartment. I didn't have an experience yet of him showing up in my car. But I also wasn't worshiping in my home or in my car. So I limited what he could do because I only thought it could happen at church because that was like super holy ground. And the point I'm trying to make is that Jesus wants to change the way we think he can move. And some of us have some restrictions on him, and it's not that he has to abide by his restrictions or our restrictions. We do. Therefore, we don't step out. We don't try to encounter him in in places that are uncomfortable. We don't try to to put the worship music on in our car. We don't try to to put it on our house and and set before him and dance around in our living room. You know, and the point I'm trying to make is that we have to break off the idea that he only moves certain ways because he can do whatever he wants. It's important for us to, to seek him and just be honest. You know, well, how do I pray? Just be honest. What's going on? I'm really angry right now. Well, tell him that. Well, I can't tell him that. He already knows. What are you going through? Well, you know, I know he knows. So even if you don't want to tell me, he already knows. So go for a walk and tell him what's really going on in your heart and going on in your mind. I'm super pissed off. I'm angry. I hate everything. I hate my life. Good. Tell him. Now sing a song. You know, put yourself in the proper context. I'm struggling because I'm doing it my way. Here, let me take a step trying to do it your way. The more we get in the habit of trying to do it his way, we're going to start to notice how he begins to shift us and move through things with a grace that wasn't available to us prior. You know, and I still, I get in the rut sometimes. And then all of a sudden, Jesus is like, why are you doing that? Like, well, uh, 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 why are you asking me questions? Uh, yeah. Anytime Jesus starts asking me questions, I know I'm in trouble. So we have to get to this point where we break off our own religious rules that we've confined ourselves to because he doesn't play by the rules. He steps outside of the box all the time, trying to get us outside of the box, too. You know, so we don't have to worship in the mountain. We don't have to worship in Jerusalem. We don't have to worship in my church or your church, whatever church. We don't have to do it a certain way. We just have to do it. Put the music on. Start singing. And it might take a minute to get through your rustiness, get through your walls, get through what's the hardness in your heart, get through the junk that you're carrying and you just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. You know, it's like a little bit of a water coming through the, the wall, coming through the <clears throat> the dam. A little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, and all of a sudden a crack starts happening. A little bit more, a little bit more. 
all of a sudden there's a shot or shoot coming out. A little bit more, a little bit more, and all of a sudden the dam breaks. You know, it may not happen overnight. It may be something that you got to work through because there's some hardness and some some struggles that are going on inside, and that's okay. He loves that stuff. And I'll end with Romans 12, 1 through 2, 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into the new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God, his will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. When I first came to Christ, I had a lot of things I believed because of my life experience and some of the ways I got brought up and going to school, you know, I believed in science, you know, like I didn't understand God on any level. So I put restrictions on him, you know, and he constantly was challenging me. You know, I didn't think this was wrong. I didn't think that was wrong. I didn't think this was, this was okay. And the Bible was written a long time. It was okay to do this. And it was, you know, well, you know, you know, it's not a big deal. You know, you know, the church just makes a big deal out of that, but it, it's not, you know, like I had all these things inside my head that prevented me from really applying biblical principles to my life. You know, and because I didn't want to do it the way the Bible was trying to, to tell me to do it or other Christians were trying to help me to see it, you know, I didn't think God could forgive me until I proved that I was forgivable. And that's a complete lie. Has nothing to do with me proving that I can be forgivable. Has everything to do with accepting what he has already done for me. You know, and that took me some time to wrap my mind around, and it's truly in a worship song by Jason Upton that that mindset began to shift. Because I, I used to come home at night and I used to put you know, his remember CD on and I would lay on my couch and it was my, the, my way of kind of unwinding for the day. And like the second song that goes into the third song, he's got like a nine minute <laughs> section of the song where he's like, let it go, just let it go, just let it go, just let the pain go, just let it go, just let it go, just let the pain go, let it go, let it go, let it go. Like, I'm not even sitting like nine minutes of just let it go, just let it go, let it go, let the pain go. And I'm like, you know, maybe I should just let the pain go. And like this epiphany. Like, I don't know where it came from. And I literally said, God, I'm going to let this go. And it was like, in a moment, like things started lifting. You know, and some of us have been so tightly wrapped up in some of the things that we've been through. And I'm not trying to minimize anything. I know some of you have been through some really difficult things. But because you're still hanging on to it, because that's what the world tells you to do with it. You know, my pain makes me who I am. Well, you're right. It has made me who I, who I was. But Jesus makes me who I am now. And I don't, I didn't know how to let go. I was so tightly gripped to certain events that took place in my life that 
there wasn't any way any counselor could get in there. There was nothing any person could ever say to me that was going to change me. But in a moment, the Holy Spirit used a man to say, let it go. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know what, God, I'm going to let go. You know, and a lot of the pain started to, to slowly begin to go. I'm not going to tell you I was poof fixed because that's not how it works. I mean, it can. He can do whatever he wants. I'm just telling you my experience. I know that a weight had started to lift. And some of you in here need a weight to lift. Some of you have been struggling for a very long time. Some of you have stuff that's happened to you when you were kids and you're still carrying it 20, 30, 40 years later. We don't need to go any higher than 40. We know all of us in here are children of God. Thanks, Jess. You got it. My sarcasm is so dry. Anyway, <clears throat> that we have all been through a lot of painful things. That's what brought us here tonight. Pain and Jesus. I I need more Jesus. I need to let go of more pain. So if you just stand with me tonight. I believe the Holy Spirit's are moving this evening in different ways. I just want you to talk to him. Just privately where you're standing. Just ask him into certain areas that you've been wounded, certain mindsets where you, you put limitations on them, certain things you might need to let go. And just ask him in and say, Jesus, I, I'm ready for more of you and less of my pain. You know, and if you're bold enough, I just really encourage you to start just in your mind, start saying, Jesus, I let it go. Jesus, I'm going to let it go. Jesus, give me the willingness to let it go. Jesus, give me the willingness to forgive. Jesus, and just start saying it. And just ask him in to that empty place. You know, as we sung here tonight about the river, you know, and John 4, he talks about that living water that will come and that will thirst no longer. Some of us, although we've been to church and we believe in Jesus and we pray and we've read and we always worship, I got some of these CDs. There's still something missing, and that's okay. None of us have all the answers. I still have stuff missing. I'm still trying to seek him and and get healing in certain areas. I don't come up here, you know, trying to tell you that I have all the answers because I absolutely don't. But I believe that he does. And we're going to chase after him together. Because I want my heart to heal. I want your guys' heart to heal. I want my mind to get renewed. I want your guys' minds to get renewed. I want Jesus to do miracles in this room that doctors and counselors said were not possible. Because I am one of those testimonies that doctors and counselors said that I could never be free. And yet here I stand free in Christ, and who he sets free is free indeed. And yet there's more freedom available. There's more liberty available. So just take a moment and just ask him in. Just ask to let, just say, let it go, let it go, let it go, let the pain go. Give me the willingness to let go. Give me the willingness to forgive.
Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for all that you're doing and the men and women in this room. Lord, I thank you that you never stop working on us, Lord. You never give up on us. You never forget us. You chase after us. You, you never leave us in a dark place. You, you shine your light upon us so bright, Lord, that we eventually turn into light ourselves, Lord. I pray that you would come and fill up some of those those empty places in our heart and in our mind, Lord. I pray that you begin to uproot areas of, of pain, areas of wounding, Lord, things that have taken place that in our past that have, have formed us, Lord. That we've gone down paths in our lives that have taken us to some dark places, Lord. And, and we have a, a ton of things that we regret, a, a handful of things that we're shameful for, and we just don't think that we're any good. Lord, I pray that your love would come and fill this room right now in such a powerful way that you would begin to heal and minister to us that only you can do, Lord. I pray for the sting of sin to be uprooted right now in your powerful name, Jesus. Things that we've gripped a hold and held on to so tightly for so long that I pray that we begin to loosen our grip that we would begin to let go of pain, we let go of shame, let go of past events, things that have happened to us, things that we've done. Lord, our whole demeanor, our countenance would begin to change, that we would look ourselves in the mirror and we would see hope on our face where there was once discouragement. Lord, I pray the heaviness to begin to be lifted off right now in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, that you would begin to to lift in our burdens, Lord. Because that's what your word says. Our burdens are light, Lord. And I pray that some of the burdens that some of us have been carrying for decades will begin to be lifted right now in your powerful name, Jesus. That you would bring healing deep within us, Lord. That we've been so bound up by things that we've gone through in our lives that we could not truly experience the freedom that you have available because the enemy continues to lie to us. So, Lord, I pray as we learn to worship, that we learn to war in the Spirit, Lord, that we would begin to see you more clearly, Lord. We would see what you're doing in us, that we would boast in our weakness, that you would be glorified and shown to be strong, but you would teach us to be warriors, that we would be prayer warriors, that we worship warriors, that we would be in our word, that we'd be able to speak our word, Lord, that we would know when the enemy comes against us that we could resist him and we submit to him. And the enemy would flee because he realizes he can't trick us in those ways any longer. Lord, I pray that you would begin to do a mighty work in the men and women in this room, Lord. That there would be healings and testimony of healing, Lord. We need you, Lord, to move in our lives. We need you to heal us and set us free, Lord. Set us free on this city, Lord, as ambassadors of light, Lord, that we would walk into some of the darkest places in this city, in the in the places of our work, Lord, in our families, in our neighborhoods, and we would shine lights of love, Lord. That we would not walk in there with, with religious judgments any longer, Lord, that we would walk in there with a sweetness aroma of love. That you would move in such powerful ways in our lives, Lord that we could not help but just love on people, Lord. 
Lord, I pray that you would put someone in our mind right now, Lord, that needs to be here, that needs to hear what is being done at Ground Zero, Lord. Lord, that you would help us to reach this city, Lord, that you would help us to branch through every church in this area, Lord, that there are people who come from all around, Lord, not because we're, we're trying to build our own thing, but we're trying to bring light into darkness, Lord. And every church in this area needs more light, Lord. Not any of us have it all figured out, Lord. We all need more of you, Lord. We all need more of you, Lord. So, Lord, I pray that you would move in this city, Lord. That the next move of God would be God's people moving, Lord. That we would stop waiting on you to do everything and we would put our hands and feet to work, Lord. That we would go because the harvest is plentiful. And even if we don't have all the answers, we can say, Jesus is still good. So, Lord, I just thank you right now for all that you're doing. If there's anybody in here that would want prayer before they leave, please see me or, or see Chriselle, that we would be more than happy to pray with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.